Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chadha. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today goes by the name of Joya. She's hailing from the west end of Toronto. She's literally been making music her entire life. Refining her craft, it took her around six years to find her sound and identity as an artist. She recently released her debut EP, Legends. And we talked about her upbringing, the importance of being consistent and practicing each and every Wednesday for over a year and a half, and so much more. Joy on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? I am Joya. Tryna pull up in the West End, rolling black top on my left hand door. Nothing sweeter than my next man. Feeling like you never seen a fresh hand. Oh, thinking you deserve it. Thinking I deserve it more. You ain't never had to work it. Ain't no time for you to learn it. Perfect, no. Ain't no one like I know. Keep it colder. Got legends in a row. Too many promises on my show. I am a musician here in Toronto and I'm at the Come Up Show today. Hey, you made it on the Come Up Show. Hey. You know how many people try to get on this podcast? I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. No, a lot of people do try to get on the podcast, but. uh, Yeah, no, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. Joya, what does that mean? So Joya, it's actually not close to my real name at all. Um, it's actually a childhood nickname that my parents have been calling me since I was born. Mm-hmm. So I'm a quarter Portuguese and in Portuguese, you know, my grandma, when she was kind of taking care of me, when you call somebody Joya, it kind of, it's like the equivalent of saying, oh, that girl's a gem. Like, you know, she's a gem. So it's kind of their way of saying sweetheart or calling somebody sweetheart. So my grandma started calling me that and then... My mom started calling me that, and then my dad started calling me that, and everybody in my family started calling me that. So mm. here we are. <laughs> so do you have people who are Portuguese or know what that word means say, hey, do you know what your what your name means or no? It, it actually has, hasn't pa- happened yet. It actually, yeah, it hasn't It hasn't happened yet. Okay. Um, just because I think, you know, when you're in a show setting, which is how I meet people a lot of the time. They're just so focused on what's happening. They don't really mm-hmm. think about their name. They're like, and then at the end, they're like, oh, great name. I love it. And yeah. then that, that's it. But yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but it is a unique name. Yeah. Nowadays, those are the things artists have to consider. Um, Does my name come up on the SEO? Does yeah. it come up on the first page of Google? Those are the things that artists have to take into consideration yeah. in this day and age, right? 100%, yeah. Like, or like, do you have to think about that? 100%. Right? And your name does come up, I think, right? 
Does it? I, I, it's been a hot minute since I've Googled myself. Yeah, but don't lie. Yeah. Like you've Googled yourself. <laughs> you're trying to act like you don't Google yourself. Oh, no. I 100% Google myself just in case somebody, you know, mm. tries to pull and where, it up. And where are you from? Um, in the okay. city? So. Surrounding areas. I was born and raised in Brampton. Okay. Um, but I've been. B-town. B-town. <laughs> um, but now I live in Toronto. Okay. I lived here for the past year and a half. But up until then, I was living in Brampton. I was coming to school here, but mm-hmm. living there. And My whole family's still there. In Bram- yeah, it's yeah. not like it's like for like. And yeah, I know. You know I still, mean? yeah. Traffic may be crazy, but it's still close. Yeah. I mean, sure. Two hours in the morning during rush hour. Oh, is it? Wow. Yeah, okay. it's, it's crazy. Two hours? Wow. That's Do nice. not drive to Toronto from Brampton. Anytime mm. from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, you've been into music like early, eh? Like young, young, young? Like how young? Like, like unofficially since I was probably three months old. Three months old. Yeah. How is that possible at three months old? Um, there's video evidence. Okay. <laughs> so when I was, I mean, my dad told me he used to sing around the house all the time. My dad's the more musical one in the family. Mm-hmm. Um his entire family is just like my cousin's a drummer, one plays the flute, everybody's musical. Um, but he used to, especially when I was young, you know, he used to play a lot of um, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, Aretha, all those people. And when I was very young, he used to, you know, always sing to me. And there's a video and I love to watch it every once and so often. Um but I was like three months old and he used to have one of those old electronic keyboards in his office. The ones that you press the button and it like starts mm. playing a beat. Yeah. Um, so he had Casios one of, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he had one of those in his office and he was just holding me and I was in diapers and I was just banging on the keys. And I think at one point I played like the first three notes of a major scale. And my dad was like, damn, <laughs> you were playing early. Um, and then when I was four... I have another baby video. I was sitting on my grandma's couch and I loved to watch the Teletubbies when I was little. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't I don't know. Um, but I was sitting on the couch just making up a song about the Teletubbies and I was like, I was singing so loud and my dad's like, You used to yell all around the house and you just wouldn't shut up, but it was okay. So when I was six, they decided to put me in church choir. Mm-hmm. Um and then after around four years, when I was a little older, they said, you know, do you, is this something you want to do? Do you want to take music lessons? And I was like, yeah, I, I love doing this. So then I started taking vocal and piano lessons when mm. I was 10. So what it wasn't forced on you? Was it kind of forced on you or pressure or no? Because the pops obviously is into music. Yeah, he loves yeah. music. It, yeah. it was never forced on me, though. It was more a happy coincidence that I happened to be into music and mm. then he was just when he saw that I wanted to go full into it it just made him even happier Um, but my parents have been super super supportive from day one never ever forceful but super supportive in anything that I wanted to do so super grateful for that yeah that's great because uh, you can have the opposite effect when if your parents are forcing you to do piano lessons or whatever right like you can kind of fall out of love with it or yeah yeah and there was there was a point I mean I started piano as kind of a way to accompany myself so piano was never my main instrument it was always the vocals Um, but you know I was like, let me learn piano so that I can get a bass in theory so that it can help 
I wasn't even thinking about writing when I started piano, but, you know, my dad said, maybe it's a good idea just to learn an instrument. Smart guy. Um, But there was definitely a point in piano when I was getting up to grade eight RCM and I was like, this is so much classical music. I don't want to make classical music. What's the point of this? And then my parents were like, okay, you've you've come this far. You might as well just finish your grade eight. Mm -hmm. So there were definitely points when I was around 16 and, you know, you're in high school, you want to do other stuff and everything. I'm happy that at that point they kind of pushed me to continue a little bit Mm -hmm. and then I finished. But overall, no, they were never, ever forceful. Do you, so is it just vocals today though? Like are Oh no, I still yeah. play. I yeah. still play. I I mean, I play less classical now because yeah. I'm so focused on writing. Yeah. So when I do play piano, you know, um, it helps in my productions because I learned how to produce as well, just on the back end of things and everything. Um, so now when I play piano, it's less of a, I don't really practice the classical stuff. I was actually thinking about it the other weekend. I'm like, man, it's been a while since I played a classical song. I kind of want to just sit down and bang one out. Um, But yeah, now when I play, I still play a lot, but it's more from a composition standpoint. So it's more, you know, chord progressions. And if I do actually play melody lines on piano, it's more to add to the production of the song. Yeah. 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 I want to, because it might, like, does it help when you're writing? And playing or rehearsing or making a song with the band, having that theory or that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely helps. And even like when you're rehearsing, when you're um, in the studio producing, or even just when you're in that beginning writing stage, it definitely helps because you, you know, you can, you can chime in and you can share your ideas a lot easier. Or if you need to hop in like onto the piano and start playing, just to, you know, if somebody presents one chord progression and you say, ah, oh, you know what, I think a minor might sound better here and you play it out for them or you even just suggest that, it makes the process so much easier and it mm-hmm. allows you to communicate on a much more level standpoint. Yeah, because sometimes, uh, you know, say artists who are like not inclined with instrument mm-hmm. uh, instrumentation, they're trying to express something, but they can't get it out or yeah. it doesn't make sense. And then yeah. they're frustrated. They get frustrated. Yeah, for sure. For right? sure. And sometimes that happens with a lot of when you're working with some uh, just songwriters that are more focused on the lyricism itself. They're like, oh, you know, we want to make some musical suggestions. So like, can you do this here? Can you make it sound like this? And then the musicians are looking at each other they're like they want to change that major, major to a minor and they want to, you know you know, Mm. but, um, no, it definitely, it definitely helps. Awesome. Uh, so speaking of like, you know, practicing whatever you, uh, uh, you, you were doing sessions every Mm -hmm. Wednesday, Mm -hmm. uh, with a band. Tell me about that. So every Wednesday, um, I would go visit my producer. He is, so his, um, he's in a duo called Hamlet, but I just work with Corey exclusively. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we used to, you know, Wednesdays were his day off and then Wednesdays happened to work in my schedule when I had school, it was my day off as well. So uh, what timing is this like high school, like college or uh, university, university, yeah, okay. yeah university. Okay. Yeah. I, I started working with Corey. I want to say about a year and a half ago. Okay. Wow. Not that even long ago. Yeah. Not wow. even that long, but we've known each other for it, the stories. Like <laughs> it's crazy, but, um, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. So yeah, we would meet every Wednesday and then you know, the first session we had showed each other our music and we really liked what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And 
we thought that we would complement each other very well. So we just, you know, put it out there. Let's try this as a weekly thing. And then slowly that started turning into almost a new song every session. And it's like, if we can do this in four hours, let's just see how much we can make. And the Legends EP was kind of the result of us sitting down one day and being like, wow, we have a lot of music in the vault. We should start releasing some stuff, right? Um, so yeah, that turned into, yeah, every Wednesday, that's been my home base. It's it's now changed to Monday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I so know. I was wondering how long, how long did I, is it still going or how it's long? It's still going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we still meet every week. Every week. Every week. Every week. It was actually uh, the last, I got sick at the, in the middle of February. Yeah. And I missed two weeks. And when yeah. we got back, we literally banged out like seven songs because I was like, this has been two weeks too long. Mm. So, um. So for a year and a half, you've been doing this every week. Mm-hmm. And why? Because I think it's just when you find somebody that you can work so well with and not even just work so well with, but, you know, our personalities get along really well. Like we've we've been great friends for a long time. Um, When you find somebody that you can work so well with and that you just enjoy working with, um, you know, it just it makes it enjoyable to get together and you enjoy the process of everything, which I think is really important because music is a labor of love. Um, And I feel like if you just think about the journey, you're never going to, or if you just think about, you know, your final destination, you're not ever really going to be satisfied because it is a long journey and it's a lot of work. So when you find somebody that you can enjoy that process with and that you just vibe really well with and, you know, it becomes easy. (laughs) You want to continue doing that. You want to continue doing that. Uh, but the was there ever times you're like, oh, you, get, you guys felt, you felt lazy. He felt lazy. You guys like. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had one of the, I, so I just came from the studio today. Okay. I just came from there now. And yeah, uh, yeah t- I mean, I got back from that time of being sick and we banged out like seven songs. And then last week we kind of all recorded them and. We were layering and harmonizing and today I got there and, you know, it had been a long weekend for both of us and Mm -hmm. we were both a little tired and like, you know, we started one song, almost finished it, kind of dappled on another one, but today was a lazier day and it it happens, right? Not every day is going to be a hundred percent. But the important thing is showing up, right? Exactly. Because you never know what's going to happen. You might start on a song and only think you're going to finish it halfway and then... It kind something of reminds happens. you of like going to the being committed to the, to the gym as an example or something like that, where your brain is like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, like you don't got to go today. Like yeah, the excuses yeah. that your brain comes up with. Yeah. Is but it you, similar to that or no? Not at all. It's different because music is more, maybe more fun. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely more fun in the gym. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm dying when I'm in the studio. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's definitely, I guess you can make that analogy because, you know, some days if you don't feel like working out, you always feel better even if you do half a workout Yeah. when you're done. Yeah. So it's just like when you go to the studio, even though you didn't finish seven songs like you did last week, not every session is going to be like that. But it's good to, you know, go chill sometimes. And sometimes you need those sessions. You need a session where y'all can just chill and relax and mm-hmm. have a good time together and, you know, step back and be like, hey, we're still friends outside of this. Like, cool everything's great and then you come back next week fresh yeah you know what I mean so it's important to have both sessions I mean yeah the ideal situation is that you get 
a crap ton of stuff done every single time, but yeah, it's so also good to show what, up. What's the value of these sessions? Obviously, you're making music, but mm -hmm. is there any other values or something that you're getting out of this process of committing every single week? Um, I think it definitely helps us both, especially me, because I mean, I can speak from a personal standpoint. Um, it helps you with the values of being committed and being dedicated to your craft. So, and it, I think it also makes you accountable to somebody else. So if it was just me, you know, kind of having a session here and there, but then being at home on my own and just kind of relying on myself to get stuff done, it would be a much lazier process, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm accountable to myself. If I don't finish this today, maybe I can finish it tomorrow. I can hold off. And when you're accountable to somebody else, you know, it forces you to get stuff done. And not only that, but it also forces you to step outside of your own creative boundaries because you start to think, you know what, this is starting to sound redundant. The stuff that I was writing is starting to sound the same. If I start bringing the same things to the same person, like what are they going to do with that? So it challenges you to kind of step outside your creative boundary and push yourself, kind of see things from somebody else's perspective, you know, write in different styles and see where that can go. So it's, and it's definitely opened a lot of doors. I mean, going week after week and constantly building that relationship, you know, you really, really gain a respect for each other. And I think the really, really great thing is that I want him to succeed in his career as a producer as much as he wants me to succeed as an artist. So for each of us, whether that means him introducing me to other producers or me introducing him to other artists and vocalists, like we both want each other to excel. So going to these sessions, it's really built that solid foundation of trust and that solid relationship between the two of us. Mm. And we love to, you know, bring other people that either he's met or I have met into those other sessions. And then, you know, we can work with a whole bunch of people and we can get some different collaborations out of that. So it's, there's definitely other values that mm. come with it. I, I found that, well, a couple of things that you said. One thing is like, you're basically accountable. You are accountable to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You don't want to let them down. You don't mm -hmm. want to disappoint them. They're expecting you to be there, which is great because yeah. we can make our own excuses in our minds. If exactly. We just, if we just have ourselves, but having that other person is, is key. Yep. Uh, another thing is uh, uh, you, you wanted to bring something fresh creatively mm -hmm. and going outside your boundaries mm -hmm. because you're coming into session with somebody else. I find that really interesting. And I wonder, you may not feel this, but sometimes you're like, oh, like you maybe, I don't know if you feel uncomfortable or because you're trying new things or different things or you feel weird or you feel like, what am I doing? Yeah. Am I sure about doing this thing or at yeah. all or no? So I think when we first started having sessions together, I would... You know, I'd be a little more hesitant to show him some stuff that I'd done outside of the box, as you so call it. But when you get together every week and you build that solid foundation, you know, we we have we have a rule like all when we're in that room, all egos are out the door. And, you know, we kind of we work on the whatever track that's coming, you know, we're working on that track and we're spitting out ideas and it's like 
we're we're not going to get upset. Like nobody's going to get butt hurt if somebody makes an idea and somebody comes up with a better one. At the end of the day, we kind of just all want to decide on what's best for the track and what's best for the final product. So it's like, you know, when I started out, I would definitely be more hesitant to shout out these random ideas or try new stuff or be more vocal about what was going on inside my head. But as you get more into a studio setting and you become more comfortable with the people, those egos all drop. And if you shout out an idea and it doesn't really work with the track, great, you move on, right? You try something else. And that's, I think, the beauty of creating music. It's it's a process. It's an open process. It's a yeah. collaborative process, right? And if you go into a session very closed-minded, thinking either that you're going to have the best ideas or that maybe you shouldn't voice your ideas because they're too outside of the box, then you might be missing out on, you know, so many opportunities that can happen with that creativity because... Mm -hmm. You never know what can happen. It's really a room or a space where you can be as free as you want to be and exactly. should be. And, and, and there's no rules. Yeah, exactly. There is no rules. Yeah, there are none. And that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so how long were you working on music or and, and uh, yourself or with these sessions before you actually released music like how long did that process take and i want you to be honest with this and a hundred percent honest yeah, yeah. um yeah so i didn't know who i wanted to be as an artist until about two years ago and it was because when i when i had started vocal and piano lessons it was originally my vocal teacher who you know suggested that i try writing a song i think i was 13 and I was like, write a song. I can't, like, I can't do that. I've never written a song before. She's like, just try it. So then I started writing and I had this whole image in my head that I wanted to be this, you know, acoustic kind of Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, who she was at the time, not the artist that she is now, um, you know, with just this single girl on stage with her guitar or on her piano, kind of like an Alicia Keys thing, Nora right? Jones vibes. There you go. Oh, yeah. So that's what I wanted to be. And then when I was 16, I discovered electronic music. And I was like, I want to be a female DJ, house music forever. Let's learn Ableton. The EDM so, wave. Exactly. Yeah. I hopped on that wave so hard. Yeah. And so don't regret it at all because it taught me production. Um. So then I learned how to produce and then I was making house music and then I noticed that a lot of EDM that was coming out was starting to sound redundant and then I noticed that I had spent so much time focusing on production that songwriting and my vocals had kind of taken a backseat and I wasn't happy with that. So then it was midway through university actually where I was like, wow, I not in love with electronic music anymore or with house music that I was making at least and I was like I have no idea what kind of music I want to make so I hadn't really released anything up until that point I had been like making all this stuff and you know when you're in high school you get those little open mic nights or little city gigs and whatnot um and you play some stuff but I had never released anything and then I started going back to more of my R&B soul roots and my dad was low-key very happy about it but he wasn't gonna be he's not the guy to be like I told you so but mm -hmm. <laughs> I could tell he was pretty happy um 
And he then, wasn't feeling the EDM stuff. Yeah, no, he wasn't feeling it. But yeah. he was still going to let me ride that wave so I could figure it out for myself. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, when I... Midway through university, I had started writing a lot more R&B soul, but... In terms of production, I had learned how to produce, but I knew that I still didn't have all of the technical, you know, knowledge to get it produced to a standard that, of like, my satisfaction. Hmm. So then that's when I um, started meeting with Corey, and then he was bringing in all of the finishing elements to the music that I was making that I had kind of been looking for but didn't know that I needed, so... I mean, the great thing about Corey is he's he's insanely talented. And what I had wanted to do with my music, because I had done so much in-the-box producing, so I was doing a lot of... I was doing electronic-based sounds, like R&B synths and everything, and I was programming some R&B or hip-hop drums with a drum programmer, but I didn't have a lot of live elements to my music because, one, I didn't have the space to be able to record them, and two, I mean, I'm a good piano player not like an insane classical like Beethoven piano player um and I can't play guitar or drums so I couldn't add those live elements to my productions Corey could and he had a really good friend that was a drummer so we started adding those live elements and then we finally got to that stage where I was like I am confident in the music that I'm making I love the music that I'm making. Like, I remember I was just in my car and I had my songs on my library and everything. And then one came on and I was like bopping to it. And I'm like, this is my song. This is weird. So then we decided to release. So I want to say it had been around six years. Before wow. Finally Sorry, that was a long story to get up to that point. No, no, no. Needed no. context. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, six years. So this whole process, six years. Yeah. To the last two years, seriously. Yeah. Because the, the whole before that was kind of making EDM and writing like little hooks and here and that. Um, but I had been making music seriously in the style that I was confident in for two years before I released anything. Did you feel uh, like during that whole process, uh, like, I don't know about pressure, but like, hey, when am I going to put out music mm -hmm. or, or no? During that process, no. Yeah. I feel like I definitely feel it more now that something's out. Yeah. So before that, it was kind of like I didn't really have that many Cause shows. Because to this point, you've only released, what, uh, a single and an EP? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So... In the past how many months right now? Like, when was the first time? When was the first? So I released Legends as the single in yeah. December. Yeah. And then December. I released the full EP in January. Okay. So, let yeah, December of 2018 yep. and then January of 2019. Yeah. That's what you have out right now. That's what I have out right now. Yeah. And there's, I mean, but I'm happy that we decided to wait because the last situation that I wanted to be in was one where I released something and then, you know, people started latching onto it and everything. And then I had no more left in the vault. So I just have to kind of start pulling stuff out of my ass. I didn't want to get in that situation because I wanted to have a strong body of content that I could have kind of in the vault stuff that was done to my satisfaction that I, and that I really, really believed in so that when I did start releasing stuff, 
I would have more to pull from if I wanted to just release something else. Mm. You know what I mean? So so whatever you release in the future would be from what you've already have recorded or whatever. Well, or, yes and some, no. because some tweaks. Yeah, some tweaks. Yeah. Sometimes you meet another person that can add like we have this one friend who's an amazing sax player and sometimes he comes in and we're just like hanging out and then he starts playing a riff and we're like, that would sound great on this track. So then it goes in, right? Um, yeah, either old tracks that have tweaks on them mm-hmm. um, or, I mean, Corey and I just work so well together and we get stuff done so quickly. Like we're pumping out at least three new songs every week. So it's kind of like now we can look at all these songs and we can kind of strategize and be like, Oh, what would sound good as like one EP or what would work on this full length album, you know, Mm -hmm. or what can we potentially release collaboratively if we wanted to right? or what songs would sound good as collaborations with other producers? Like let's try to work with them. Right. So now that we have this body of content, we kind of have a little bit of room to play with and we can try to strategize a bit more and really have some fun with it. Mm. So, yeah, what I like about what uh, you took your time mm-hmm. and really figuring out who, what you sound, what you wanted to sound like and mm-hmm. who you were an, as an artist. And obviously that's an ongoing process. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, you just didn't just upload something and hope it stuck type of thing. No. Right? No, because I mean, that happens to some people and it and it works for some people and like, kudos to them and I'm mm-hmm. I'm so happy for them but for me at least music has been such a huge part of my life and such a lifelong process and mm-hmm. I want it to be there for the rest of my life so I really really wanted to focus on you know exactly what you said what I wanted to sound like like what kind of music can I see myself doing and that I will enjoy myself making for the rest of my life I mean like there's Music comes out so rapidly nowadays. There's like a new wave every, you know, couple of weeks, right? And I didn't want to fall trapped to that. I just wanted to continue to make music that was natural for me to write, that felt natural for me to perform to, you know what I mean? That I truly loved. Mm -hmm. So that's been the main focus for me, at least. Dope. Awesome. Yeah, so you're talking about all this, the new, there's a new wave or there's just, uh, yo, it's, it must be overwhelming. Is it overwhelming it's, to be an artist today? Oh my God. If it's not a new wave with a certain sound, it's a new wave with some kind of marketing technique mm-hmm. or it's a new wave with some kind of aesthetic and you're like, okay. You're like, okay, like what kind of synth do I have to have in my song right now? Or like, do I need to do the whole plain album cover with like super minimal text or whatever to just kind of like fit in with everything? So it's just like, there's so much going on. What are you talking about when you just said that? You mean aesthetics, like social, like branding? Yeah, yeah, branding, branding. Um, Yeah. Yeah, overall branding. There's like, you know, especially in a lot of R&B and hip hop that's coming out, it's like you know, this dark moody aesthetic and you're like, okay, that's kind of what my music sounds like. So I can see myself fitting into that. But then there's a new sound that comes out or there's like a new artist that everybody wants to work with. And you're like, oh my God, if I don't kind of stick to that, if I kind of stand out a little bit, like nobody's going to hop on my wave or whatever, but you kind of have to put aside all the noise. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, 
if I was sitting down in bed, like right before I fall asleep, what am I going to be most happy with? And that's making music that's honest to myself. Whether or not it fits in with whatever wave is here or there, I think if you make music that's honest and true, you're going to find people that love it for what it is and those people will stick around. Mm. Like for the long haul, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're thinking big picture, you're thinking legacy, you're thinking body of work. Legends. Legends. Gotta leave a legacy. Uh, ah. <laughs> it, it's still tempting though to follow whatever is happening, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's super tempting. And I think that uh, working with, I mean, my dad is actually a really good influence because he tells me all the time, stay honest to what you're doing. And even my mom, even though she's not so musical, she's mm -hmm. like, you know, she always asks me how it's going. And she's like, did you make a good song today? Like, are you happy with it? I'm like, yes, mom. Yes, actually. Like, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Um, but you know, my dad's always oh, been when there. she asks you a simplistic question like that. Yeah. Like, just that. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. yeah. Just that. It, it kind of, I'm, I said it before, but I'm really grateful to have the parents that I have because they really kept me grounded. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, my dad just reminds me all the time, like do stuff that you like to do. Cause at the end of the day, you're the one that's left. Right. And aside from all the noise and what everybody else is doing, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Do what you have to do for yourself. So, and I, I also think that working with Corey has helped a lot because we grew up, we both grew up with the same influences, listening to a lot of R&B and jazz and classical, like he grew up playing classical piano as well. So sometimes if I find myself going to that kind of wave and I start being like, oh, can you put, can you put this synth in there? Can you put this synth in there? Corey kind of backs up and he's like, listen, that sounds too much like this or too much like this. He's like, let's keep it natural to, you know, what we were going for before. Don't just make it sound like this because you want it to sound like what's big right now. Right. Mm. So sometimes though, we'll put a little synth here and there that I suggest and it might be a yeah. little newer wave, but we're all like, okay, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. You know, it's, it's, it's a balance. Right? Yeah. Cause I feel like yeah. our ears are tuned to what's hot right now. Like yeah. the consumer's ear is tuned over time. hundred percent. Right. Cause you know, uh, like the stuff that's hot right now, like five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, wasn't people didn't think it was hot. Mm -hmm. Right. They're like, what is this? Yeah. I can barely understand whoever. Yeah. And, but over time, we, we became... You become attuned to it. Attuned yep. to it. Yeah. So you got to... But then also there's old stuff from, say, 2006. Doesn't classic, sound... Man. It's classic. classic. There's classic stuff, but I mean, like, there's also some stuff that hasn't aged well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's stuff that was popular back then, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that mm -hmm. is, sounds like garbage today. You can't even hear you're like, oh, my ear, it just... You know what I mean? So that's also another yep. thing. You don't want your music to be like that because you are following the moment and then exactly. you can't stand it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, your songwriting process when you're writing music. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to say, what's your songwriting process? <laughs> no, no, like, no, break it sure. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, have you ever gotten emotional? Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Um, there's definitely been some times. When I started, I was actually, we were talking about this when I started first year, I was kind of in this like limbo 
Um, I was getting used to being in university. I was in my first serious relationship. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff happening with life and everything, making new friends, getting rid of old ones. Um, I don't want to say getting rid of old ones. That's, that's mean, but you know, you make new friends, you kind of lose touch with other friends, your people change. Um, and it was just all of this life happening all at once. And I remember just writing some of those songs during that time and just listening back to them or just kind of singing them as I was writing them and getting really emotional. And I'm like, wow, I've been through some shit. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I think, but I think that really it spoke to the truth of those songs. And I think it's what's helped those songs really connect with people. Um, and some of the past shows that I've been at and that I've performed at, the biggest compliment you can get as a songwriter is knowing that your song has connected with somebody or has touched somebody else, right? I mean, people can walk up to you and be like, oh, your voice is great, or, you know, you perform really well, or, you know, great job, like, love the songs. Those compliments, like, love them all, take them dear to my heart. But when somebody comes up to you and says, this song, you know, it really touched me because I was going through something in my life and, like, I just really appreciated your songwriting because I connected with it. That compliment, especially at a show, a lot of these shows, this is the first time people are coming out to see me. So they haven't had a chance to sit down with my music yet and just listen to it. Um, So they're there at the show for the first time. And, you know, when people are at shows, they're talking, they're socializing, they're out, you know, they're having a good time. When somebody's at a show and they compliment your songwriting and they say that it's touched them, that shows me that they were standing there listening. And to me, like, to have somebody's attention and that's, like, I'm so grateful for that. Like, that is... That is the biggest compliment you can get. Mm -hmm. And the couple of shows that I've been at, I mean, one was at uh, Longboat Hall and the other one was at Drake Underground. And people from those shows, they were like, one girl was like, girl, you've been through some shit. And I was like, yeah, I have. (laughs) And she's like, no, but it it really touched me. And I I got it. She's like, I got emotional at one part because, you know, I was I went through something recently. And she's like, thank you for for making music. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, definitely have gotten emotional. And sometimes at the studio when I'm with Corey, like I won't get emotional while I'm singing it because you know, somebody else is there and Corey and I joke around a lot, but definitely when I'm in the writing process, sometimes alone, like in my room, I've it's, it's definitely Mm. been, or I just come home fresh from something happening and then that song idea is there and I'm up until like two, three in the morning writing and then I'm just emotional all night. Are those signals or those compliments that you're getting, are there hints or is it, do you feel like you're doing, you're on the right track or doing the right thing Definitely. when you, when you get that? Definitely. Because, I mean, it's great to have performances that are, you know, hype and that get people on their feet and that like people are like, oh, you know, like she's she's on this Toronto R&B wave or whatever. But I think it's completely different when 
you put a big focus onto this one aspect of your song, that aspect being songwriting. And that's what people are taking the most away from your shows and your performances. I think when people notice the one thing that you really, really try to work on and that you put into your music, that's, yeah, it's it's kind of like an affirmation that you're doing the right things mm-hmm. and like a reassurance that, you know, I'm sticking to what's true and this is what people are taking out of it. And my truth is really connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So, and you're, yeah, you're saying these, you know, people are saying to, to you, these things to you at shows mm-hmm. and you're going to be doing a bunch of shows. You're doing shows. You're getting out there. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Tell us, tell us about the shows that you have coming up. So I have one coming up this Friday. Um, it's with Uncrowned Events and Second Nature Group, and they are doing a showcase for International Women's Day. So it's going to be a really, really fun night. I'm performing with some other great Toronto female talent, and we're just going to have a great night out together. Uh, That one is at the Rivoli. And then Sunday, I'm doing a show as part of a showcase with the Ice Cream, which is a Toronto music publication. amazing what they're doing for Toronto artists, getting them all together at these shows. And that one's going to be at the Baby G. Nice. The Baby G. The Baby G. Come check her out right now while she's on the come up. <laughs> so then you could say, yo, I was there since day one. You know how people like to Ay. say that, right? Yeah, day one. What's, curr- what's inspiring you? What's currently inspiring you right now? Music-wise? Anything. Oh, man. Um, Travis Scott's marketing rollout behind Astro World is like one of the greatest rollouts I've ever seen. That's just and his, I'm I'm going to see him on Thursday night. I missed him on his first leg in Toronto, and then he was like, "I'm coming back." And I was like, "Great, I'm going." Uh, so I'm really why excited. is that inspiring you? So that's inspiring me because he's just I mean, he's taken live shows to like a whole new level. Like, who builds a roller coaster in? arenas like but it's just inspiring because he puts a lot of artistry behind his music and like his his versatility I mean James Blake is another one that's really inspiring because his live shows are amazing and I missed him when he just came but you know for example like James Blake and Travis Scott two artists that are in completely different worlds musically having that ability to collaborate together That's super inspiring because it's like going back to being in the studio and, you know, throwing ideas out there. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what collaborations are possible with artists. But when you have somebody, when you have two people that are of such high artistry and that, you know, put a lot of effort between the marketing rollouts and the live shows and everything and writing and everything, you know, it's just, it's inspiring to see that happen. And I mean... My goal when I when I talk about music, it's not to be, I want to live comfortably. My goal is not, I'm not doing music just to have some end goal of being like this millionaire, like this famous person, celebrity, whatever. Um, my goal is to just connect with as many people as possible and make people happy through my music. And, you know, girls got to eat, just have enough money to eat. <laughs> um, but seeing these collaborations that are possible and... It's just, yeah, and these live shows and everything, like if I ever get to that point and I have the ability to do that and really throw an experience for people, like super inspiring. Um, But other artists, I mean, 
I went to go see both Georgia Smith and Cali Uchis separately when they came to Rebel. And now they're going on tour together, and I'm super excited for that. Um, but yeah, just seeing a lot of these female R&B artists, it's, it's super inspiring for me because, you know, seeing women make a wave in this industry and really get a lot of respect from people and get respect for their artistry and just... I mean, like, the couple shows that I've been to, I try to go to as many shows as I can, but I work evenings and being, you know, in the studio all the time and just, like, at other shows, whatever, sometimes those big artists, when they come to town, it's like, you can't go see all of them, right? But the couple that I've gone to see recently at Rebel, I mean, like, I saw I saw her recently, I saw Georgia, I saw Callie, um just seeing how how much raw talent they have and how much effort they put in to the artistry behind their songs and i i remember callie she sat down uh in the middle of her performance and she said you know i want to be a little more open with the audience and that's something that i told myself i would do and you know i i write these songs in my room for all of you and i just you know i want to be a bit more transparent and let you guys in on my like on my writing process, like these songs are all written by myself. And I'm like, that is super inspiring that this girl is sitting here and writing her own music and, you know, not having it just brought to her by a room of industry songwriters that just want to make the next hit, you know, like top 40 hit. Like it's inspiring me that people who are making honest music are connecting with these people and doing well for themselves based on staying mm. true to themselves. So that's super inspiring for me. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, when when you're looking, when you're seeing these artists that are inspirational to you and, and showing you that it's possible mm -hmm. and you're looking around yourself and you're seeing thousands or hundreds or thousands of people yeah. there to support them. Yeah. It really lets you know that it's possible and then you can envision yourself being in that spot 100% I mean being from being from Toronto and you know there, there's there's a big there's a big wave right now around like R&B hip-hop and everything and it's a tsunami man I know I know and I'm like going to all these shows I'm <laughs> seeing like trap arms everywhere and I'm like holy shit like you know this bangs but when I went to Rebel to see Georgia Smith her first, she did three encore songs. Her first encore song, it was just her and her pianist. And it was just them two on stage. There were 5,000 people in Rebel that night because it was sold out. And there was one song, or there was one part of the song where the piano stopped and she just kind of took a second to breathe before going on to the next verse. You could have heard a pin drop in that club. And I was just like, I have never been at this venue because I've been to Rebel a lot of times. Yeah. I have never Huge. been. Yeah. It's basically a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it is a nightclub. Yeah. 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 It is a nightclub. So yeah. it, and it's just, I had never been to that venue and heard a crowd entirely quiet for an artist. And to me at that moment, I was like, this, this is like, this has inspired me right now. This is what I want to do. I want to be able to connect with people on that level. And so many people to just be so into the music and into that moment in the present moment, because, you know, you're on so many people are on social media and everything and they go to shows and 
they, they, they're filming everything, right? And they're posting to their Instagram stories and everything. So many people were just in that present moment when that happened. And to me, that was just like such a beautiful moment because that's so rare nowadays, right? To just be in that present moment. So that was super inspiring. So like, that's, that's the kind of stuff I want to do. Thank you for sharing. Uh, and I appreciate you coming through on the Come Up Show. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say to the people out there? Um, if if you have listened to my EP, thank you so much. It's crazy to think that my voice is filling people's ears when I don't know about it. But uh, if you listen, thank you so, so much. And the support means everything to me. And if you haven't, that's totally okay. I hope you do. But um, no, thank you so much for having where, me. Where? Where? Plug. Come on. Where? All right. Where, all right. When, all right. It's available on all streaming services. You can search up Legends. That's the name of the EP. And my name, so it's Joya. Just to get the spelling right, it's J-O-Y-I-A. And you can follow me on all platforms at Joya Sound. Thank you for coming through the Come Up Show, Joy. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, we hope to see you back again soon. And uh, and for the people out there, we'll be linking the information about the show as well, too. And yo, thank you for coming through once again. No, I appreciate right? it. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And that's my conversation with Joya on the Come Up Show podcast. What did you guys think? Hit us up at the Come Up Show on Twitter. If this is your first time tuning into the Come Up Show we're about to hit 200 episodes. Check out the catalog. It's deep. And we're doing this each and every Wednesday. I'll check you out next Wednesday, y'all. Peace. Peace.